0: That's a new, a new. It's an old, new, <laughs> new, old. It's a new,
1: old, old, new direction. It's a direction.
0: <laughs> it's an old, new, new, old direction yes. to go. And I love it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the InterGang podcast. This week, we've got breaking news from two months ago about the shifting power dynamics of the font world's apparent top guns times New Roman and Calibri. But that begs the question, who made them boss? We'll get to the bottom of that question, or perhaps more accurately, we'll probably get to around the middle of it, maybe middle bottom. I'm Joshua Dick, along with my good friend, your interrogating co-host, and a quick brown fox who just can't stop jumping over lazy dogs, Kyle Reed. How are you
1: today, Kyle? Hi, Josh. I'm feeling good, feeling energetic, and ready to talk type. All right. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) let's talk
0: type let's jump right in let's go this is week 11
1: 2023 hi hi everyone it is great to be back with you for this week's releases roundup this week unifying around a central theme personality got personality yes There's been a concerted effort in the type world of late to get away from the staid, the stoic, and the neutral in favor of types that show off a new way of moving, that exhibit an original spirit, or have something to say. So let's jump in. I'm kicking things off with a type family from Pangram Pangram, with exquisite character and wonderfully odd style. Editorial Old. Yes. That's right. Old is in the name, which should hint at its old school pen-inspired style notes. Editorial Old is the answer to the foundry's own question, what if editorial new got old? Like we all do. (laughs) Yes. Uh, They say that, quote, its curves would be less tense, its connections a bit more relaxed, its ligature more droopy and more present, its terminals softer. And I agree with that. Wow, I feel seen. (laughs) You feel seen. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a pretty good description of getting older, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I'm feeling it. Ultimately, they imbued Editorial New with a psychedelic dose of time. They created a melting, eroded version of their timeless classic with a ton of luscious ligatures and, I guess, droopy um, joins. So I love this one. I don't know about you, Josh. I, I really like how they were able to interpret a model uh, and basically re, uh, rebuild it into this new vibe.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love what they've done with editorial old. I also love the concept of an old style, having an old style and having it in the name, because it's yeah. so evocative. Like like you, you know the direction of what you're getting if there's old in the title, but there's yeah. kind of that question of like, what is your take on old? What does old right. mean to this font? That's a new, a new, it's an old, new, <laughs> new, old. It's a new, old, old,
1: new direction. It's a direction. <laughs> it's an old, new, new, old direction yes. to go. And I love it. Well, if I can stay in the same end of the pool here for a second, I'd like to point you towards Melandrosa from Flavia Zimbardi, a display font inspired by a Brazilian art deco master, illustrator, and artist j carlos man this thing is beautiful i have to say it is slender it is sleek it is dripping in fashionable curlicues yeah. wispy strokes and geometric counterforms that absolutely champion the art deco style it's a time-specific style but the way flavia translates these forms gives it a new contemporary life Melandrosa takes its name from one of j carlos's characters uh, illustrated who represented the feminist movement of the 1920s I, I really think this one is imbued with a lot of life and very full um, of personality and an absolute win if you're looking for something stylish for your library.
0: Yeah, this is another case of using good artistic influence. We talked last week yes, about you're right. the influence of uh, Nikki de Saint Phalle, mm-hmm. And here we have Jay Carlos, another great example of inspiration. Being brought to new fonts, and I love that this is a version zero point one. This one's got legs. This <laughs> yes. one's going to go somewhere. Can't wait to see where that where this one heads next.
1: Completely agree. Yeah, imagine weight on this one. Imagine widths or italics or any kind of style direction.
0: The world is melandrosa's oyster,
1: as it were. Next, I want to meet. Uh, I want you to meet another wacky creation from Meg Lewis. Uh, salad Days is the name. Salad Days is a soft geometric sans font in one style. Meg has carved out a space for themselves in the design world as a master of fun. And even in a geometric sans typeface like this one, which we all know can run the gamut between neutral to boring, (laughs) they managed to keep up that persona of fun and wacky and a little wild. Uh, Salad Days is an easy entry typeface for beginning designers. So it's not that intimidating. It's not like it's got you know giant lists of uh, stylistic alternates it's very matter of fact but it's also good for you know grid masters and pro designers also it brings its soft cornered open countered well spaced bold sands to the market with uh, a <laughs> true meg style so why salad days what's with the name i have no idea josh i don't know if you have any idea but i am here Wait. for it love it no, I
0: have it. I really? listen, I did some I did some research, Kyle. I actually looked this one up. Salad Days is a Shakespearean idiom referring to a period of carefree innocence, idealism, and pleasure associated with youth. No way, really? So take that and make it a font, and you've got Meg Lewis's salad
1: days. That is perfect.
0: That's yes. absolutely
1: perfect. Yes.
0: Look at me actually offering uh some some solid Research.
1: You always offer offer something good, Josh. That's great. <laughs> no, I was really proud of that one. I was glad I could figure that one out. Nice, because I love that name. Uh, and lastly, I have to touch on this. Dan Radigan, a longtime type director, designer, and collector, has launched his own long-awaited foundry, Bijou Type on type network yes it's great to see as dan has had a hand in bringing so many typefaces from so many other talented people into the world that now he's got his own fonts out there it's just really really great um he launches bijou with two releases the first one is glorido uh, i imagine i'm saying that correctly but it looks like glory dot uh, you might say the dot at the end because it's a glory dot yeah because it's a dot grid typeface with greek and cyrillic language support uh, it started out with a handful of letters on a 1970s magazine cover that Dan was trying to recreate for an issue of his zine Pink Mints. So it's got a very you know retro vibe to it, but Glory Dot, Glory Do is certainly more built out than just um, you know a, a spec sheet. And the second release is Ringgold, a jobbing Clarendon-style typeface inspired by old magazine mastheads and pulp novels. So congrats, Dan. It's great to see Bijou Type come to life and to launch with two, not just one, but two yeah. releases is a very good thing.
0: Yeah, check out this initial release for all your headline needs. And I'm sure
1: more to come. Yeah, so that pretty much does it for me there, Josh. Uh, lots of personality packed into this episode. Absolutely. It's really, I think that my big takeaway from all this is that there's designers out there that are really thinking about how to take us out of that world of like dingy, Stayed geometric sans typefaces and pack in new personality and original originality to you know deliver something new. This is a perfect example of that. And thank you
0: all for designing them because it makes our job talking about them easier. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All right, everybody. So back in January, we saw a font-related news cycle occur here in the States, uh, which is not a common occurrence. I don't think I need to tell you, Kyle, that that is not what we see week in and week out. So we we were super bummed that we weren't recording episodes back then to really ride that news wave. But, you know, What are podcasts, if not weird little glimpses into the recent past? So we're getting around to talking about it now. And uh, by it, of course, I mean the news that the U.S. State Department was moving away from using Times New Roman as their default font. Yes, far, far away, all the way switching to Calibri. Wow, big shift. Yes, our good friend Calibri. Even though uh, Microsoft Word made that shift to its default font 16 years ago, the (laughs) State Department just got around to it and had everyone buzzing about this a couple months ago.
1: Yeah, that says a lot about government bureaucracy, doesn't it? So, yeah, well,
0: (laughs) take that however you will. The change came uh, from an inclusion and diversity argument that sans serifs are easier to read, especially on screens, and Mm. screen reading is becoming much more the norm. Any thoughts on this so far, Kyle? Uh, Did you have any strong
1: feelings one way or the other? How do you feel? Yeah, I saw this news came out a a month or two ago, and I was surprised, honestly, first of all, that the government was really caring about this so intensely or that they have people there that Uh are like, I imagine there was some junior staffer that was pulling for it or something. I don't know how this kind of change gets going in the US government. It's like, is it like a a meeting of the interns or something like that? It's like, you know what we can do? How the tinderbox gets lit. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, Uh, that's a good question. (laughs) But either way, uh, they made the change. They announced the change. And I don't know if it like shook mountains or anything or if anybody really cared. But I saw that. And for me, I locked right into the, the reasoning. They said that it was easier to read, right? I I don't know. I feel like a legibility argument here or readability argument just doesn't swing for me. Okay, Times New Roman is clearly you know it's a, it's a serif font and and Calibri is a sans serif font. Um, so for the government to make a stand and say that the sans genres are easier to read, that felt like a bold statement. And uh, I don't know if they have anything to back that up. But I would like to hear it if they do. Sure, sure. I mean, I do think. There, there has been some
0: relatively inconclusive studies done that sans serifs are uh, on screens at the very least uh, advantageous for all people. But let me, let me go back to you. Wondered if anyone cared? According to, I believe this is the Washington Post. One foreign service officer said that they expect an internal revolt. Really? Quote unquote. And one officer uh said that the switch is sacrilegious. <laughs> sacrilegious. I'm not quite sure I'm not quite sure to what religion yeah. he's referring. <laughs> what altar does that guy pray at? <laughs> Our Lady of Seraphs. Amazing. So the backlash, there was backlash, and it seemed fierce. I mean revolt you don't throw around <laughs> internal revolt lightly, I would think. Right. So Yeah, that's founding father language. People did care and also quick quick trivia. For you, Kyle. Okay. Uh, this is not the first time that the State Department in the United States has controversially changed their font. Times New Roman was what they switched to in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. From what font? Ooh, good question, Kyle. What font was the default State Department font in two thousand four? Oh the switch. Well, I meant Times well, New the, Roman. This,
1: at that point, the State Department would have been on computers for quite some time, so perhaps there was uh, right. you know, one of the original computer fonts uh boy I, I don't know Was it helvetica was it was it garamond maybe it was garamond it was courier new the state department was using courier
0: using courier up until 2004 which does seem like they have
1: been behind the times a bit
0: that <laughs> multiple wow, times I had no idea
1: through there so little trivia there yeah nothing says behind the times like looking like you're behind the times by using a typewriter typeface <laughs> <laughs> right. You are
0: purposefully saying we reject your yeah. computers and we will be taking our typewriters home with us. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. So so the switch to Calibri in 2023, oh, it kind of rhymes, mm-hmm. um, is, is a, a little bit in the same uh, pocket as that. So this begs the question to you, Kyle, is Calibri... Mm-hmm. The obvious choice, if you want to go sans, we can have the argument another time about is sans better, readability, whatever. But if you have decided you want to go to a sans from Times New Roman, is Calibri the obvious choice as Microsoft Office and the State Department and probably other institutions
1: have done? I think in this context for a large government body to make a mandated switch, yes, Calibri makes sense to me. It's a humanist sans serif that, sure. whether it's legible or not, I feel like that's even besides the point here. It's really about accessibility. It's a, a new wave default, quote unquote, default font that everybody would be ha- would have or be familiar with, and it's uh, it's an easy font to switch to. I think if they were going to switch to something that was a little bit more obscure or less accessible, that would be way worse. Right. So. Yeah. I guess it makes sense that they would switch to Calibri. I don't really know if there were any other contenders. That's a good question. <laughs> I like the idea of state department officials putting fonts up on the wall being like, what do we think Right. I Again, I don't know how that, that <laughs> tinderbox burnt up. I don't know really yeah. how
0: detailed the thought was. Maybe they did just <laughs> go with the trend. Yeah. Someone asked somebody. So this segues kind of nicely into into what I want to really talk about here today. There's, there's obviously plenty to explore in a story like this. Yeah. Well, at least for people like us who seemingly talk about nothing else but fonts ever, aren't our wives lucky? (laughs) But I want to come at this story from a Mm. slightly different angle, a more type theory angle, and ask this. Sure, Who gave Times New Roman and Calibri all this power in the first place? They Mm. are, by many measures, a lot of people's defaults. Yeah. And it's not like those fonts campaigned for it. It's not like Times New Roman and Calibri... By their inherent nature, are the power-hungry f- fonts seeking world domination? So, how did this happen? How do default fonts become default fonts? And what gives some fonts bargaining power?
1: Ooh, I love that last question. Yeah, what gives some fonts bargaining power over others? Why is it, an entire government agency, for example, so persuaded to use one or the other?
0: And and revolting and
1: and having factions so having cults. Cults around right. <laughs> this. Uh, yeah, man, it's a great question. Um, Times New Roman has always felt like the, just the digital air, the digital bread and butter of serifs, you know? Um, Times New I Roman
0: think... is the base font to m- in my subconscious brain because everything growing up in school had to be set in Times New Roman. That was just rule. That was law. That
1: was ape law. So that just... <laughs> Was what had right. to happen, but now we're seeing as time has gone on, and we are getting older, you know these uh, I guess these trenches that we've we've built for ourselves, these ruts that we've been in, have just been the way forward for so long. For me, it really does cu- come down to the fact that it's been a rut. It's a systemic um, kind of result of how fonts came to be used in the first place. Um, Times New Roman came about at a time where, uh, you know digital word processing was the hot new thing and it just slipped in as the first so
0: oh you man you, know? you stole one of my future questions is like which was going to
1: be did these
0: fonts just come first and and i also like yeah. the way you just said they slipped in yeah honestly they just showed so up did did no one make this decision that scares me that scares me for for our our control over our lives
1: did these just kind of luck yeah i think we would find that there are fewer people making a conscious decision about this uh than we would hope (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's just like you know right time right place kind of thing where those fonts were the ones that were just available and designed for that platform at that time to be accessible and then um you know as those platforms grew and more computers were made those fonts were along for the ride and um it was rather unquestioned. But that's where I think, so it, what I'm trying to get at here is the fact that like Times New Roman is part of an old guard, right. an old set. It's old money. Right. And uh, the establishment or the uh, the patriarchy, if you will, uh, of fonts.
0: And we've seen many cases of like newer fonts saying this is designed in the style of Times New Roman right. to be better than Times New Roman. There, there is a, and it's, I don't want to say animosity, but there's a distaste (laughs) for Times New Roman if you don't work in the State Department, apparently, uh, at least among designers, it seems, to get away from that old guard to move to what's coming up next.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's safe. It's usable. It's accessible. It's just there. Um, So yeah, I think that's the source of Times New Roman's power. The question changes when you start talking about Calibri because yes, that was a a font, you know, maybe twenty years ago, but uh, that still puts it in the new millennium. You know, it's not part of this old guard. Right. It's part of, the, I guess, the second wave of largely accessible fonts. So why that one? It's it's the millennial. It's the Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, I guess the millennial. Sure. Yeah, we'll <laughs> say that. We don't want change.
0: Change is hard. And these these whippersnappers coming to, <laughs>
1: I don't understand TikTok <laughs> and all that. That's how we feel. Yeah. So I guess that's Calibri. Um. So. What, <laughs> What makes somebody pick <laughs> Calibri then over anything else? Um, that's a really, really good question. Yeah, you know, where does its power come from? How did it slip in is
0: a harder question. I think you're you've convinced me that Times New Roman came at the right right place, right time. Yeah. And then it became the rules that you had to use it in so many different places, so many different times. Calibri, though, is a bigger question mark. Cause I don't think any I don't think for school papers, Calibri is required I mean, or anything. I don't know if somewhere. Calibri has that <laughs> level of power yet, um, but it's getting there. Yeah, I don't
1: know. <laughs> okay, so here's my thought. Okay, hit me. Calibri is the result, like the choice of Calibri is the result of a style preference that's been installed by the the wave of technology that's happened um, over the last 20 years. Like they quoted, you know, sans serifs being more easily read on screens which you know i think there's a case for that but there's a even amidst the the lawyers the paper you know pushers the all the government bureaucrats there is still some sense of what typography can do on the most basic level and the fact that that is a preference for cleaner and a little bit more sleeker is the result in my this is my guess it's the result of technology companies and the styles that they've used you uh you know you've seen the, the SANS wave go through with uh you know google facebook airbnb twitter all of them right every silicon valley tech company that's had any power in our lives has gone with a clean friendly sands that has somehow dripped down into the the minds of all of these government operators and said okay mm-hmm. clean on screen or helpful on screen any kind of digital life is actually associated with a sans. So that to me is like why they went with Calibri? Calibri just happens to be the most I guess accessible or well-known amongst non-designers. Right. And so yeah, it's a it's a result of uh I guess 20 years of subconscious or subliminal advertising for it. That's that's my theory.
0: The the yeah. thing that still trips me up is that is that initial moment is 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 the null point where Calibri got that yeah. status? As we know, like how did it slip? It's the big in. bang for its yeah right. I don't know. I don't know why it bothers me, but it bothers me that those big bang moments can exist. Mm, sure. I guess that's life. It's unknown. That's just yeah. life. You got right place, right time. A <laughs> little bit of sprink, sprinkling some luck, and that's the
1: that's the recipe for success. I keep thinking about like music recording artists on this right. one. It's like, oh, sure. You know, some of the, the biggest uh, recording artists from the 50s, 60s, um, you know, it, like Motown, say Motown yeah. Records. If you walked up to the house that Motown was in there in, in Detroit uh, and said, hey, I, I can sing, you kind of just got on a record because they were hungry for people. That they were at the, you were at the start. You were at the, the genesis of it all. And you had more of an opportunity to be powerful as that thing grew from a seed to a giant machine. More space on the radio. Yeah, right. The same thing is with, with fonts. You got more chance for a radio playing. Yeah, so yeah. Calibri did get in there, I guess, in the new millennium wave of uh, you know new software products, new places for tech to show up. I don't know. I, but, yep yeah, it's, it's a big mystery, Josh. Well.
0: Then we're all to blame for giving these fonts power. I suppose <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. leave you with this. Uh, I I missed this note earlier in the discussion, but I think it's important. I say it. Uh, mm-hmm. The email subject line from Secretary of State Anthony Blinken uh, when he let everyone know about this mandate mm-hmm. to switch to Calibri from Times New Roman. The subject line read: Ooh, yeah, what the was Times that? New Roman are a changin', which should make you. Th- that should make you throw up in your mouth did he bit. really yeah so oh my gosh
1: well at least there's some attempt at humor at the state department just <laughs> just remember it. that's that's where our those are our tax dollars at work the times new roman are not changing. very very good
0: is it before we uh close out here this week kyle i have a bonus question for you uh that, sure. that I I wanted to posit. It's about emojis. As we've determined, Excellent. emojis are typography, everyone. Yes. Don't write angry letters. But I wanted to I wanted to frame, you know, I think people can ask what's your favorite emoji? What emoji do you use the most? I wanted to to take it a little deeper, one layer, one onion layer deeper, and ask sure. what emoji do you think is the best designed? Because as we've we've discussed also, emojis are meticulously designed as as typography and yeah. i'm not sure they're always thought of that way i think they kind of people feel like they just sprung out of nowhere they were torn from the thigh of zeus and there they are <laughs> so i i wanted to give some credit to the actual design of an emoji yeah and for the purpose of this uh we're we're going with um the apple designs the iphone emojis understanding that uh, different operating systems use different uh, slightly different images. Um, so sure. we apologize for the uh, Samsung users among us. but uh <laughs> Kyle, what uh yeah, what emoji do you think is the best designed
1: emoji? The best designed emoji. Um, I've definitely given some thought to this. And I have a a couple of answers in different ways, but to answer this specific question, obviously. Yes. Yes. This one question. Thank you. I'm going with Unicode number U270C. Do you know what that is?
0: No, I don't, Kyle. (laughs) Just off the top of your head. I have not been studying
1: my Unicode (laughs) like you asked me to. Oh, man. So it's technically listed as victory hand, but Ultimately, it's the peace sign. Oh, but it's the hand giving the peace sign, right? Hand giving with two fingers up. okay? I think this is the best designed emoji. okay, because it taps into the the primal, I guess thing that makes us human is this desire for communication, universal symbols, a way to communicate across the entire globe, no matter where you are on earth, that sign of two fingers up has meaning and it generally means the same thing of peace. Unicone has it listed as victory hand, so I'm sure culturally there are a lot of different ways to do it, but it means something everywhere. Yeah, just you don't want to flip it around in England. (laughs) I guess that's true. Uh, But the way that it's designed in Apple's world, um, it has depth, it's very easy, and you can add skin tone if you like. Um, You can go deeper with it, but it's a concise symbol that transcends just regular emojis. Very nice, Kyle. What a lovely answer. Sure. What about you? What do you think is the best designed emoji? All right.
0: So the way I went about this is I I went and I scrolled through on my iPhone, the emojis, and I wanted to see like what catches my eye, especially something that, that maybe I've never even given a second thought to. Okay. And so my answer, I'll tell you my answer and then my reasoning, my answer I don't know it in Unicode. Sorry, Kyle. Yeah, that's okay. Is the scorpion. <laughs> Ooh, scorpion. That's an interesting thought. And here's... Uh, thank you. All the animals are like cartoony representations. Until you reach the scorpion, the scorpion is ready to fuck <laughs> you up. That is... It like gives me the creeps it's to look at It's a bit terrifying, that. isn't it? Yeah. It is. And so uh, to me, there's a, there is a design quality there. Someone took time sure. that this looks like... An honest to goodness poisonous scorpion, and I the the like the bigger version like it gives me the creeps. I'm looking at it right now, and I have chills down my spine. I don't like it. I don't care for it. <laughs> Apparently, I have a scorpion phobia. Didn't know. Emojis illuminating that for you. It gets it points. <laughs> <Emojis, Yeah. laughs> well designed emojis help you learn things about yourself. Nice. And that seems to be a theme of season three. We're just learning a lot about me, and uh, <laughs> I'm scared of scorpions. So that's my that's my, my best designed emoji.
1: Cool. I didn't know this about you, Josh. And uh, the fact that emojis helped you get there is very, very cool.
0: And an emoji I've never used before and don't plan to. So there.
1: Oh, man. You got to start using it now. You got to sign off all your emails with, you know, right back. Should that be, should be my nickname? <laughs> Look forward to hear from you. And then this threatening emoji. Should I be Joshua the Scorpion Dick? Oh, please. Yes. You ha- you must for when
0: I sign with WWE, I'll go with that. <laughs> that, that day's coming good to have that on your backpack any day now, I'm sure. <laughs> That's it for this week's Intergang. This episode was edited by Andrew Spheras, who also provides most of the original music you hear on our episodes. The music you are listening to right now is "Cut It Loose" by Max Band. Special thanks to Hannah Reed in the development of this episode. The Interior gang is a production of Proof & Co. Visit our website at proofco.xyz for more type news and to subscribe to our weekly newsletter that chronicles all the activity in independent typography every week. Also, check out our 2022 Annual Report and Almanac, a data-driven analysis of the world of independent type. You can get yours on our website as well. Follow us on Twitter at proof underscore and underscore co on Instagram at proofco.xyz. Or you can always drop us a line via email at hello at proofco.xyz. If you have any thoughts on what we discussed in this episode, have any topics you would like to hear discussed on a future gang, or if you believe in the power to the fonts, we'd love to hear from you. As always, thanks for being a part of the gang. We will see you next time.
1: Hold on, I'm gonna edit right here just because I need to think about this for one second.
0: Oh, yes, please. Okay. Wow, we're actually putting forethought into this. My goodness, a very special interrogate. Is there being research done? Is there
1: being fact checking done? No, I'm just thinking. Hold on, hold on. Okay, I'll <laughs> shut up. Sorry, sorry. I wanted to make sure I made this argument the right way and not just like, duh, uh. sure. Yeah, oh, <laughs> like I usually do. In there,
0: yeah, really. <laughs>